For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pick a $20 bill up off the ground. Really, really feel inclined to, you know, just give it away, throw it away. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. The club is back in Pittsburgh, but the road trip isn't over. That's how this weird one is going. They're going to have a couple of practices in Cranberry beginning this afternoon. Then there's a game Friday night in D.C., and then the team is back home finally for a game Saturday night against the young and suddenly exciting Ducks. That's when the road trip will officially end. And that might be when we start seeing Mike Sullivan's hand forced when it comes to making a couple of the harder decisions he'll have had to make to this point in the season. Notably, one that's very, very welcome. What do you do? with Evan Rodriguez. Do you say to yourself, well, you know, we knew what he was when we signed him, when we brought him back, and he's a guy who can slide up and down all four lines. He can play both wings. He can play center. He can win you defensive zone draws. He can kill penalties. Now he's shown he can be on the power play, and he's just a really good, versatile Swiss Army Knife, that's the term. It originally was assigned by Sullivan to Brian Rust. It's since been applied by this head coach on a regular basis to Rodriguez. But what happens when that player, despite being 29 years old and you think you've got everything figured out about that individual on and off the ice, shows up like this. What happens when that player is your second leading scorer behind Jake Gensel and he's got eight goals and ten assists through 25 games? What do you do? Discard him? Just tell him, hey, you know, we've appreciated everything you've done, but here are your new line mates. I'd like to introduce you. Here's Dominic Simone and here's uh, Drew O'Connor. You know, you're going to be the fourth line now. And the next time we need you, we'll just come and knock on your door, all right? Thanks again. You can't do that. You can't do that. And Sullivan's way too smart to do that. We have seen in his history in Pittsburgh that when 
an individual rises up above even the most optimistic internal expectations, and I am thinking of rust here, this guy is not going to bury him. He's not going to bury Evan Rodriguez. But it's not that simple now, is it? This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The reason it's not that simple is that in addition to Evgeny Malkin being back pretty soon by all appearances, I would expect that there's at least a reasonable chance that he could begin full contact practicing as early as today. That's the trajectory that he showed while participating in skates and practices on this western portion of the trip. And Rust, we'll have to see, Rust did not accompany the team on the trip, so his status and what he's been doing hasn't been made public. But with everyone in Cranberry, there's bound to be at least an update with the practice that'll happen there today. When Rust comes back, let's just stick to Rust here because he's the one who goes on the first line. Unless Rust gets flat out Wally Pipped here, and if you don't know the baseball reference there, you'll have to look that up. I think he'll at least be given a chance to get back with his old first line, meaning, of course, with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. There's so much respect from management for what Rust has been able to do over the years, and they're not going to allow an injury that knocks him out of the lineup for a couple of weeks to cost him his long-term role. But, but what do you actually think will happen with Rodriguez in that sense? You move him to the second line? Well, I don't I mean, if Getty Malkin's coming back, you know? And by every reckoning and everything that I've heard from within the organization, when Gino's back, he's going to be put together with Kasperi Kapanen, who was just bumped all the way down to the fourth line, in case you hadn't noticed, during that game in Seattle. Gino's not playing on the fourth line. Gino will be where he belongs. That's on the second line. And if he's there with Kapanen, running out of room here, right? Who's going to be on the left side there? Easy to say Jason Zucker. There had been some chemistry there between him and Gino. But, you know, somebody's got to score the goals on that line. And you can't have two wingers who aren't scoring at all. This isn't any fun, is it? I mean, it's a good situation, to repeat. It's welcome that Rodriguez forced uh, this to become an uncomfortable thing. But my feel on it, 
right now, not that Sullivan's about to text and ask. What I would do is I would, in fact, put Rust back on the first line, show the necessary respect, but make it very clear that the expectation is that however productive this first line has become in the past week or two, that can't afford to be lost. Uh, that doesn't mean that Jake has to score, you know, seven goals every four games the way he just has. Um, it doesn't mean that Sid needs to challenge Connor McDavid for the Art Ross. It does mean that it, it has to produce points on a regular basis and that the wingers have to score something that Rust was not doing with just the two goals before he got hurt. And you allow for some rope, but not much. Not much. Making the playoffs this year is going to be a challenge. It's not going to be the standard, oh, of course Pittsburgh gets in. They get in every year. This division is tough. And don't think just because everyone said it was tough last year and they went on to win it that it's any less tough now. I think it's actually much tougher, if only because of the Hurricanes being back in it. You can't afford any sort of extensive experimenting here. If you have something that works, stick with it. And Maybe the head coach will. Maybe the head coach will be a lot more resolute in his thinking than I am in the proposal that I just offered. Maybe the head coach will say, hey, listen, Rusty, love you, man, but this thing is going way too well on the top line, and we're just going to have to be patient for a while. In fact, now as I say it out loud, that actually sounds like a better plan. Maybe that guy ought to be the head coach and not me. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Brian Bronstein, who asks, Is another NHL team able to hire someone else's assistant coach as their head coach midseason? Todd Reardon is doing an excellent job, in my opinion. He'll be at the top of many lists. Do we have to worry about this now or not till the offseason? Brian, I have a feeling what you're asking is, if the NHL is like college football, where anyone can just swoop in at any time and take anybody? And the answer to that, mercifully, is no. Nothing's as messed up as college football is. In the NHL, if you have a contract, you're expected to honor it. If a team wants to approach you, they have to go through the team that's employing you Otherwise, it's tampering, and tampering is taken very, very seriously by the National Hockey League. That said, 
That said, I can guarantee you that if one of these other teams that recently fired their coaches, we just saw it happen in Philadelphia, we saw it happen uh, in a very different setting in Florida, we saw it in Vancouver, and we're not even like a quarter of the way through the season, which tells you a lot about this league. Openings do happen a lot. But you know what doesn't change? The pool of coaches from which they draw. Notice that? Everybody's a retread. And I can even say that in a respectful way. Very rare anymore. In fact, unheard of anymore is the head coach being hired from the college ranks or some other level of hockey. What you see now are people who are NHL head coaches or former NHL head coaches becoming some other team's NHL head coaches. Why is that? I'm afraid I have the answer to this. It's not all that attractive. When you look at some of the stories that have emerged in the last two, three years with the heightened awareness about abuse, including uh, being vicious or, or unreasonable or outrageous with your own players, that's now a stigma. I'm glad that it is. It should be. But it's also a recent development. And there have been executives who've been quoted, most of them not for attribution, as acknowledging that they're terrified of bringing in coaches who don't have a really, really, really well-known and visible and obvious track record. Because if it could chase Mike Babcock out, then it could chase anybody out. If it could chase Joel Quenville out, and again, his circumstance, that's why I kind of cringe a little bit when I brought up Florida the first time, is different. But Quenville was not known to have any issues. GMs are running scared when it comes to hiring coaches. They only want people who've already been in the ranks and they believe as a result, have passed every litmus test when it comes to that sort of thing. That's it. That's really it. And I understand there's always been that, uh, that fraternity thing with the coaches and, and the recycling, but never like this. You're not even seeing one team anywhere break ranks in this regard. As a result, yes, I think you're right. Todd Reardon will be and should be a candidate for a head coaching job somewhere else. I don't believe that you'll see that happen in season. That scenario that you laid out is very, very rare in hockey where another team comes in the middle of the season and says, can we have your assistant coach? Um, that's just not, that is not common occurrence. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do another one tomorrow.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.